0: Hello, hello. Oh my god. Oh my god. Can you fucking imagine the stupid fucking bitch I am that I took off, what is it, two to three weeks now? I think it I think it was only I think it was two. I can't remember. Um, I have so much to tell you and so many things happened that we didn't unpack, that we didn't discuss. I let you down. I just... It was nothing bad, though, you know? I got a lot of your messages, which I so appreciate. Because you really could have been like, fuck this bitch, whatever, right? Can you tell I'm unhinged? I never record at this time. (laughs) It's 7.35 p.m. And... I'm so tired. Cher woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning to walk her. So I'm overly caffeinated. And I'm drinking a palm. Hold on. Water and palm because I'm trying to hydrate. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm joking. (laughs) Guys, I'm so sorry. I so many things got away from me and it was kind of that situation where i have to choose the priority because the priority will make everything better in the long run including the podcast do you know what i mean like if the accountability to record on time was going to benefit it in the long run i would have chose that but Everything else going on that I was working on will benefit the podcast in the long run. Um, Am I missing anything? No. Besides a drink check, I just have a palm and water, but I told you that, with the crack pipe straw. And what else? Oh my God, I like forgot how to do this. (laughs) So what is today's episode? Um... Usually, I say hello, hello, welcome back to my big sisters podcast. I'm your host, Tina Kosnick. Tina K. Uh, okay, here's what happened. You know, I'm a little bit cautious about saying this because I worry for my safety and if it would cause any issue. So, I can't tell you where or what I have a job, again, like an office job, and I'm so happy about it because it's in a field that I really wanted to get back into. Um, I wish I could tell you more, but I just, I'm concerned that people will find me, that the people I... Don't want to find me, will find me there. And, you know, I'm hoping that everything I'm doing in the future, I can disclose more information. The other thing is, I don't know. I just feel like if I, I would be comfortable sharing it all, right? But it's not necessarily me. It's how other people will respond to that and use that information that makes it dangerous for me. Do you get what I'm saying? So I have a new job, I've been there for, I think it's three weeks now, and I like it, like I love it, I love it, I fucking love it, I love it so much, I'm learning so much, and typically whenever I started a new job in the past, oh excuse me, I I don't normally like eat before I film, like before I record like this, <laughs> But I had to have dinner. So I feel like I'm sorry if it repeats on me. Okay. I typically don't love having an office job. Like, some of you are going to remember this. But Becky, I didn't like being Becky. And maybe this episode will just be about Becky. And how I went from Becky to here. And maybe it would help some of you. Because if you hate your job... this is the episode for you so i started influencing or being a content creator whatever you want to call it at this point because there's so many titles i started doing that around i think it was 2014 or 15. i think i played with it 2014 and then 2015 i was like this is what i want to do right and at that time i worked at glamour shots and The hours of that job were just so conflicting with everything I wanted in my life. I had to work weekends, 8 to 12 hour shifts. I had to work during the week as well. I only had two days off during the week, which is, in retrospect, is not a bad schedule. But if you want weekends free to spend time with everyone else in your life, that's where it gets challenging, right? And then to top it off, add a whole new career to it, It was just, it wasn't working for me anymore, and that was stressing me out, so I switched careers. I moved from being a Glamour Shots girl, which is kind of like specialty retail, makeup, photography, sales-based, you know what I mean? It makes really good money. Like, even in today's time, it was really good money, so it wasn't an easy thing to walk away from, but it just wasn't. And it was also physically, it was more of a physical job because when you're a photographer, some of you might be photographers and you might know this, but when you're a professional photographer, because that's what I was. I was a professional photographer. I was the store manager and I was a makeup artist. Like it's a lot physically. You have to always be on your feet and in heels. And even as a photographer, you're moving the whole time because it's not just like, a click of an iPhone, it's poses and showing people how to pose and getting on the floor, getting on a stool, moving stuff around, putting a backdrop up, setting up lighting, like everything was manual, setting up the lights. And when you had your own shoe, maybe you had an assistant, but really you were doing everything on your own. So all of that physical labor, it was hard on me. And this that was before I even knew about my health status, right? So I switched careers, and that's when I started Wall Street. And I really loved working on Wall Street. I did. The company closed, and that's why I had to get a different job. But I loved it. I loved what I was doing there. I was a paralegal, and I just loved it. I couldn't even believe that I got the job. And I think I told you guys how I got it in the Be a Shark episode. If you want to know how I even got that job, you have to listen to the Be a Shark episode. Um, so then when I had to switch to get a new office job, I got a really, really great office job. Like, it was great. And I liked having an office job because you have a great salary, you have benefits, you have a more of a steady income versus doing content creator stuff or freelance stuff where it's not really consistent. And it's not dependable, right? I mean, and no job is really like a job security, but it's a little bit more job security than something in the arts. Like, is that, is that that's like what boomers say. Something in the arts. Like it's more dependable than freelance and creator jobs. I mean, all jo- no job is dependable, but do you know what I'm saying? Like it's still more consistent, right? So I liked doing that because I was able to have a consistent income and build my life while doing all the influencer stuff that I want to do and doing that with so much authenticity because I didn't really need to take every deal when it comes to being an influencer. And I don't now, like I don't have to take every deal in my email because I have other income and I've, it's been that way for so long. But for some reason, when I started that next office job, it was, I think it was just, I don't know if it was the place I was at in my life or the vibe. I can't explain it because this office was gorgeous. The best view. it I had the most beautiful desk. They were so nice to me. I barely did anything. Like It was such an easy job. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. It was so easy. Um, I think it was really the commute, to be honest. The commute really got to me. So the way I came up with Becky is because when I worked on Wall Street, I kind of learned so quickly that if you are, I don't know how to put it. When you're a woman in a workplace People don't hear you or take you seriously. And they especially don't take you seriously if you, let's say, are extra feminine, right? Like if you wear outfits that are more feminine, makeup, hair, all of those things, no one hears what the fuck you're saying. On top of no one hearing what you're saying, you're objectified and sexualized and All you want to do is go to work, get your job done, feel some type of fulfillment, you know, live your life, build your life in that career. And when you're objectified and sexualized in those spaces, it's draining. So as soon as I learned that, I became Becky at work. So I I would essentially live a double life. I would go to my office job as Becky, meaning like be totally different. No makeup, didn't do my hair, wore clothes that were so big on me to try to take away from my shape. Flats, like I'm not a flats girl. I wear heels. I'm either in my ASICs or heels, okay? I'm a heels person, always have been. And I would wear like flats, like just really plain Jane, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't me. There's nothing... Listen, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that being your style and your identity and your brand, but it's not mine. That's not who I genuinely am. And on Wall Street, I didn't mind because I worked with my friends. It was such a fun job. It was such a, it was such a fun environment. It was like a fun place to work. All of it was great. Had the best time. Um, so I didn't mind there. But then when I went to the next office job, Again, beautiful place. They were so nice to me. Everybody was super professional. Like, that was really nice and really kind. Like, you know, all the good stuff. Um, But I felt like I had to be Becky even more there because the second I even showed an ounce of me, it was like a spectacle. And I don't, ha- you know... I'm very laid back. I'm I'm really calm. On the podcast, I'm I'm a little bit hyped up because I want to give you energy. You know, like I want to. This I love doing it, so it makes me excited. So I have a higher energy, right? But day to day, you're not going to be excited all day. Like I'm, I'm not always high energy. I'm actually low energy. Like in person, I'm pretty low energy. I talk low. I never yell. I don't have a yell voice. I, I don't shout. I don't even know if I could. Like, <laughs> I, I talk low. I talk slow. I take my time. I'm not really high energy. It depends on the situation. Like, of course, if I'm excited and passionate, I'm going to be talking a lot. Like here, I'm so comfortable and so happy talking on the podcast that I'll be more high energy, right? Especially if I'm laughing, whatever. But day to day, I'm pretty low. I'm pretty, I'm pretty low energy. I say that because I actually don't like attention in certain ways, right? If I know I'm dolled up, you know, Tina K to the hundredth power, like a full, I'm at my final form, right? (laughs) Like I'm at the final boss stage, right? A full Tina K mode, like hair, brows, makeup, like full lips, hoop earrings, fur coat, heels, tight boobs out. Like if I'm there in a jumpsuit, I'm aware that I will be perceived and taken like a spectacle and treated like an object and sexualized and objectified and stared at and spoken to and questions asked. Like I'm aware of that, right? But if it's like a little bit and if I'm at work, okay, let me put it this way. Outside of work, I'm okay with that. I get it. Inside my fucking job where I'm coming to work, I... Do not like a spectacle made of me. I don't. I don't like to be perceived while I'm at my fucking job. I, it's my biggest pet peeve. It's only gotten worse over time because of how it's happened over time. If I would go into work a little bit more like, you know, like just a little bit more myself and less Becky, spectacle, questions, stared at, like I oh my God, it would make me not want to go. So I would never do it anymore. I dialed it down even more. I dialed it down so much that for Christmas, my boss got me a Zara gift card (laughs) because she thought, she didn't know. She had no idea that I dressed a different way. She got me a Zara gift card as like a hint to like get nicer work clothes. No, bitch, I can't. Because then I'm made to be like a fucking spectacle and be perceived. And I didn't like it. I don't like that. If I'm going to work, I do not like someone commenting on my outfit or how I look. It immediately sends me into a fucking rage. And I think it's because it's years built up of being objectified in spaces where I wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted to be at the least, identified as just a working person and not just an object for you to like. And listen, I'm dragging it. I know that these are compliments. I know that they're normal and they're human and they're nice things. I'm not saying I'm rational or the person in the right here. I'm not. I'm probably wrong. But I don't fucking like it. And I think that when I was at that office job, for some reason, maybe it's because I wasn't working with my friends now. It just weighed on me badly. Like, I remember talking to my mom and trying to describe how I felt. And, that, and as I was talking to her about it, I realized this place, like, I'm so deeply depressed because I spend so much time coming to work, commuting to work, and I'm not even me. Like that little time at home and that little time on the weekends where I could just be myself is too little. Like I can't do it because now this is a job where I don't have my friends, where I can't even show an ounce of myself. On Wall Street, I kind of could. Like we would go out sometimes and they knew. They knew I was taking pictures on the weekend. Like they knew all about me, didn't care, loved it. Like it was fun. But being in a space where I had to fully pretend like Tina K doesn't exist, it just... Fucked with my head. On top of it, I was being, you guys know this, I was being stalked on the ferry. I would take, if you don't know, okay, backtrack really quick. I would have to take the St. Island Ferry into this office job because it was just the easiest route. I ended up getting followed and then he became a stalker and it just made the commute so much more stressful than it needed to be. Think about it. Like, okay, I'm already going to a job where I feel kind of just like I have no spirit. Like I can't be myself. I can't relate to anyone here. I can't have any type of millennial type conversation. Like I, it's almost like I speak a different language. There was nobody there like me at all. Nobody, which is okay. But it kind of weighs on you to have no type of human connection with authenticity in a place you spend 40 fucking hours a week. Like it was fucking with my head. So on top of that, I was taking the ferry and being so, I was commuting to work, commuting home from work and literally commuting in fear. And that overhaul of fear and stress, just, it was too much. I couldn't take it. Um, And I don't work there anymore. And now I work at a place where I don't have a commute like that anymore. I can wear what I like to wear and it's not a spectacle. Although, mm, there's one thing I didn't love. I just don't like to be perceived. Like, I just don't like comments about what I'm wearing, you know. But I, I know that it's natural and everything else about the job outweighs that a thousand times that I don't even care. I love this new job. Like, I don't even consider it a job. I hope that it's something I can do at the same time as being this podcast entertainer. Um, And I'm also at a place where I realize I can be both. I think for a while I was so stuck on that I can't. But I think that's the type of person I am. I don't think I'm the type of person who can just do one thing. I'm just not that. Anytime I do something, I always have a thousand other things that I want to do. Like I don't know how to do just one and then be, and then I'm just shut off. Like go to work, come home, do nothing else. I don't know how to do that. I have too many ideas, too many things I want to do. And I really found that I am my most happy when I just let myself have so many spinning plates. Like I found that. Between the age of 30 to now, I found a lot of acceptance with, I have to stop trying to do things the way that other people do them just because it worked for them. And I do believe that you don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time, but if you're unique in how you do things, then that's it. I would constantly find myself self-sabotaging because I was always trying to fit myself into molds that were never going to be made for me. And the type of person I am is I have spinning plates and that's how I am most fulfilled. I need creative projects and I need a place where I can apply myself and I feel fulfilled by it and it's something I'm really interested. Like I need to fuel all my interests or I fade away. If I have an interest in something, I need to learn about it. And I don't know how to do that a little bit. (laughs) I don't know how to do that. If I'm interested in something, I don't know how to quit and I don't know how to stop and I don't know how to do it with like low energy. If I, my tone might be low energy, but I'm passionate about the things that I'm interested in. And I don't know if this is like a Sag Moon thing, but I am obsessed with learning and once I, catch on to something, if I want to know more, I don't stop. So this job I have now is an interest I've had for a very long time. And this was the best avenue for me to get into this industry. I I don't know if it's an industry. I don't want to call it that, but it's the best way that I can get into it without going back to school. And I'm learning so much about it and I want to grow in it and I want to continue it and I want to, I just want to keep going, whatever that might mean. And I also want to do my fucking podcast and I still want to be a creator and I still want to have interviews. Like I want to do both and then I want to do more. Like I've told you in the past, I have plans to have some type of, I don't know what you would even call it, nonprofit or organization that helps people. I want to do all of those things. And for a while I thought that I it was either your Becky or your Tina or like I thought it was always going to be separate unless unless I was full Tina K all the time. And that truly I, and I think that's just not me. I don't think that is ever going to work. I think And by the way, at my job now, I can be Tina K. I can dress how I want to. And I feel comfortable. I don't feel unsafe. I don't feel scared. I don't feel like a spectacle. I feel confident. And I feel respected. And I feel like it's so worth it. And I'm having such a good time. I don't wake up and feel like that impending doom of like, oh my God, I gotta go to fucking work. I don't feel like that. I really don't. I really look forward to it. And and I know I just started, like, hello. I might come back in a week and be like, "Ah, never mind. I quit. (laughs) But I, so far, I really, really enjoy it. And I'm finding that I feel my best when I could just be myself in any industry that I'm in. Like, I can't do the, I can't be Becky anymore. Because my mom, when I first got the job, she was like, oh, Becky's back. And I said, hold on now. Hold on. Becky's dead. Becky is dead. I don't want to bring her back. And if I have to live a life where I have to be Becky again, I won't make it. That's how severe it was. When I told my mom it hurts, I was telling her it hurts my spirit to like come to this office and be somebody else. Like it hurts, it hurts my fucking spirit. Like I don't know how else to say that. And I just think when you're going to a place that you work 40 fucking hours a week, and I know some people don't have that luxury. Like, I'll get to that. But you can't expect someone to not be depressed. Like, how I spend more time with strangers that I didn't choose versus my own family whom I love and choose to be around. How is someone not going to be depressed? I can't go back to that. I just, I can't. I, I cannot be Becky ever again. She's dead. Done. I just, I'm going to be myself. And I'm going to try really hard and give it my all and learn as much as possible and show up every day and give 110% in everything that I do. And that this is new for me. I've always gotten really lucky, I think, because I'm a good talker. I, I'm just a lucky person, I think. But I never went to an office job and gave 110%. People liked me. Nobody complained. (laughs) I think I just got by really good. But I never felt... I did my job well in all places, but I never felt passionate about it. This is the first time where I feel like, oh, like I give a fuck about this. Hold on now. (laughs) Hold on, guys. I give a fuck about this. Like if I would be fucking devastated. I don't even want to say it out loud. I would be devastated. I genuinely love what I'm learning, what I'm doing, I love it. And it feels so good to love what I'm doing and also be myself and wear the clothes I want to wear and wear heels and sometimes wear makeup. Well, I'm working on not wearing so much foundation and stuff just because it's so hot out, not for any other reason. Uh, But still, you know, like look pretty and wear my contacts and wear my hair down and wear a blowout and all of those things. And wear heels and wear my clothes and like my sassy like stylish office looks. Oh my God. I love it. I love it so much. And I just love being in like an office lady and applying myself and witness my own self do something successfully. And it just feels really nice because when you're a creator, that's not really like how it is. It's such a different way of working, and I do like doing that, but it's just different. And I think there's a part of me that really likes a professional setting, and I don't know, I don't know what that means forever, but I know that I love having all of these spinning plates, and I love going to a place where I could still be myself. Um, they don't know about all of this stuff, though. <laughs> So I guess it still is kind of like a double life, but it's not because I don't have to. I just don't talk about it. Like, I just don't talk about social media or anything, but I'm not showing up and being a completely different person. When I was going into that other office, I was a completely different human being, like totally different. And it just it's draining. And here, like, you know. I'm at work, so I'm not talking about social media anyway, and I'm not really talking about too much personal stuff anyway. But I'm not pretending to be somebody else. I'm being myself. And I don't feel scared. Just that alone. Just, you know, getting waking up and putting on clothes that I want to wear and not being scared on my way to work and not being scared on my way home, and still being able to take care of Cher and still being able to all of these things. Um, I do have a puppy sitter for her, by the way. (laughs) Uh, She's never alone, of course. But it's just been, it's been going so great. And I hope I don't jinx jinx myself because I really do care about it. But that, that's the big transition. Why it took me a little bit to like get my schedule together. And um, I'm learning so much. And I, I don't take the work home with me as in like, I literally take physical documents home. But when I'm at work, I have a little notebook. It's um, it's a caliber memo book, like the six inch by four inch. Uh, oh, shit. I told my friend to buy this. and I think I told her the wrong size. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, now I'm panicked because I think she ordered the wrong size. Oh, I mean, I could send her the right size if it need be. Need be. Look how easily distracted I get. Hold on. I want some ice cream. So I keep a little book and anything that I'm like stumped on or something that I didn't know myself, I write it down. And then when I go home, I look it up. I read about it. I research it. I study. And I really wanted to do that for a while while I still adjust, but it's taking up a lot of home time, but I'm catching on. So now I'm back to recording. And as far as the podcast goes... I have a meeting tomorrow with a studio. Oh, yeah, bitch. I'm not fucking going anywhere. This is not a goodbye. I, I'm i going to talk with a studio tomorrow. And also, you have to think, this is a whole new paycheck. Okay? So I can invest into a studio. And just, just investing into doing all the things that I love. Like, <laughs> what's that audio from TikTok? <laughs> Where she's like, I don't have kids. I don't have to go as hard. Like I don't have children. I don't have I don't have children where all my work is going to be passed down to somebody. I just have this life. Everything I do is not going to be passed down. I just this is it. I just have this life. and it's so fleeting and it's so short and it's so fragile. And've up until well into my adulthood, I suffered a long time and that's not to complain and like poor me not at all okay but I I spent more days scared and sad than I did happy and I'm just I'm not going to do that anymore I need to even on hard days I need things that I look forward to and you know I want to I want to do as many things as possible while I can. And that's a big concern for me as well. Because we all know. We all know my big secret. And I just want to do all the things. That I want to do. While I can do them. And that's really important to me. Um, so I still want to do the podcast. And. I have a meeting tomorrow. Because I want to work with a studio. And I think that would organize this way better because I have ideas I want video I want to do costumes I want to bring friends on I'm I want to do interviews I want to be I want to be with the shits like I want to do all the things but I can't you know you have to learn when to delegate I've taught myself so many fucking things on my own I've built so many tables meaning like you know the phrase, if you can't get a seat at the table, if you don't have a seat at the table, build your own table. Like, I built too many tables now. I'm done. <laughs> That's enough. I need help with this. I need a producer. I need someone that's going to make clips. I need to walk into a studio with the content I have prepared. I'm willing to work. Like, that's not really the issue. The content, the interviews, the costumes, all of that is not the hard part for me. It's the editing. It's the audio It's the setup, it's the breakdown, it's all of those details, like the technology details, pretty much. I need someone that is going to post it on time, edit it on time, put the right SEO words. And I can do all that, but it takes a very long time. And if you didn't know, podcasts do not make good money. They don't. All these podcasters, you know what they make money on? They make money on the brand deals they make money from signing to a specific network like Spotify and they make money from merch sales but they don't make you don't make money off of views and the way you get those other things like sponsorships, merch sales, etc. is by posting video. I just don't have the time or the energy to and the hands when recording a podcast in long form like this, it's much harder than YouTube. You have to pay attention to and eight different things to get the video to match up to the audio. It's just, it's so many hours. I'd rather just pay a studio. I really do. I'd rather just fucking invest and pay a studio. And if it's a big waste of money, then it's a big waste of money. But at least I fucking tried. <laughs> so I have a meeting tomorrow and I'm going to tell them it's on, it's local. I believe it's on Staten Island which would make it, I don't know how far from me, but it would make it a little bit easier. My, I'm going to, I mean, I don't know what they offer, but my idea is I would love to go in once a week and they take care of the rest. And I hope they can quote me on that. I know that when you do something like that, I can actually pitch it, like with the rates he gives me, I could pitch it to a network um, and see if they'll cover it. That would be great. And then... Once I get a studio, I'm going to hire somebody else to do merch. And I could just tell them my merch idea and then um, they could put it together for us because it's just, it's too many, it's too many things, but I'm not willing to give up on it because this makes me so incredibly happy. It's something I look forward to. And it's just, I'm not ready to let go of it. Like you're going to have to pull it out of my cold dead hands. I'm not ready to go. I want to stay and I want to keep recording and I still have more ideas and I have important ideas and I have important things to discuss with you just as us, like our group of people, our community. Community is so important to me and we have a lot to do. We do. I think we can help people. I think we can make people feel less alone together. I think we can really build something. And I think that as fucking, what is that called? A savior complex? As savior complex as that sounds, I really don't give a fuck because doing this for the last year, I realized how many people it helps to just have someone that sees them and understands them and like a friend that you could just talk to and maybe not necessarily say anything because we discuss the real shit here. And I haven't even begun. Like, I want to talk about more things, but it's going to take... I need more hands on deck, and that's just it. Um, Candace and I are close. She will be around. (laughs) I don't know what she's going to do, but she'll be around. I don't know if she's going to be on it, but I think that once I get in a studio, I'm going to have her with me. And I want more people I want more people. I want a team, and I just want to do good because the end goal is the better it does, the better we, the more we can contribute. So it's not necessarily for like profit because I have a job. I it's for what can we do with this money? What, where can we give it? Who can we help? I would love to start with, um, say if we get like a fantastic brand deal. <laughs> And the employees are paid and there's... Okay, for example, let's think about call her daddy, right? She signed that billion dollar fucking contract with Spotify. As long as employees are paid, I would like to do good with the rest. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as the workers are paid well, everybody working for the podcast, everybody on set, everyone's paid and happy, right? Fed, paid, happy, you know, healthy work environment, whatever... I have so many ideas of what I would want to do with that extra money, whether it be a family of one of our listeners, like maybe if somebody is in crippling debt or needs medical bills or medical help, just, you know, start with our closest and then hopefully build up some type of organization that helps people with um, illness and disability that can't work, single moms domestic violence victims, Uh, you know, so many different things. And that's my goal. That's what I want to keep doing. Like, you know how like big sis, what is it called? Like little brother, little, isn't there a fucking organization like that? Something like that. And I would love to do more. I would love an actual location for different things and a safe haven for people. Oh my God. My dream would to be like, have my own shelter that's like safe. Oh my God, that would be great. Or even a, a a food kitchen that's really clean and really safe where people don't feel ashamed. Um, I'm really inspired by two people, Beauty in the Streets. She's been on Facebook and Instagram for a really long time. Now she's on TikTok killing it. It's this gorgeous lady. She wears beautiful makeup and she goes to Skid Row every day and she feeds people and she works with companies and she brings them food. And not only does she feed them, but she treats them with respect and kindness. Everybody on Skid Row. She knows people's names. She knows what they deal with. She knows what they recovered from. She knows their pets and their kids. She knows what they like to eat. She'll wash their hair. She'll, she sets up these things where beauty brands, this is in California, so it's a little bit easier to do it over there just because the weather, like you can actually be outside and do stuff. Um, she works with companies so she'll set up something for women where she'll have beauty brands donate tons of stuff she'll take it over to skid row and get everybody cleaned up give them makeup so they can go on job interviews um and the same for men she'll get barbers over there she'll get wigs like everything she brings in vets like so many different things i i think it's somebody else who does the vet sorry but She does so many things and I've been inspired by her for a really long time. I think I've been following her since like, I think it's 2017. And I remember when I first saw her video, I was just like bawling because I've never seen, besides my own mom, I've never seen that level of kindness before. I truly haven't. I mean, this lady goes to skid fucking row. She has to bring security with her because... Now that she's more popular, she has to be careful and she's been shot at, like, and of course, people battle drug addictions and drugs will make you irrational and they'll try to swing on her sometimes, just, just irrational. So it's, it could be dangerous. I mean, if you get bit by somebody, like, you can really get a serious infection. Like, she's in a scary location, but she never gave up she went through really hard times and this is how she got past it is by helping others. And I find that same, I find that I feel the same way that I feel so much better. I worry about myself so much. I'm so much out of, more out of my head when I'm helping other people. And I don't know if that's selfish, but it just makes me so, it just brings me peace. Like, I don't get to be so fucking selfish and self-centered and worried about myself. Like that fucking pisses me off because I'm thinking about something else and where I can help and what I can do. And it really, really brings me peace. It really brings me peace. So I'm really inspired by her because I've never seen that level of like kindness before. Just pure kindness. Not only is she feeding these people, but she remembers their names She remembers their story. She respects every single one of them. She talks to them with kindness. She's sweet. Like, I've never seen that. Maybe that's just because I'm from New York, but I've never seen that. Besides my own mom, because my mom will talk to anybody on the street with the same tone. She doesn't look down on anyone. She doesn't judge anyone on the street. She knows they probably had a hard life. And I would like to continue that. I would like to build on that. And I think that she raised me and my siblings to be that way. And I think it's powerful. And I think it's rare. Because I don't notice a lot of people like that. But I know they're out there. And I know that if they're shown that they can do it, they'll want to. And I think we're missing out on a lot of kindness. And I don't think that I can heal the entire world. Even though I'm a hippie fuck who would love to do that. (laughs) I would love to do that. But... I think life gets really special and really, really good when you start finding ways to contribute and build a community and help out and become a part of something. And I'm hoping that this is what it can be. Like maybe we can even do merch t-shirts for special causes and then the proceeds go to them, all different. So that way when you purchase it, you feel part of that community. Like I, I feel so good when I support specific things. For an example, um, we went to Pride Parade. We went with my family. We did like a family day. Um, I've been to Pride in LA, but I we never went to the city. I don't know why. I don't think it was ever like, it was never anything weird. It was just like, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I'm just exhausted, like walking in a parade. But we had the time this year. That's what it is too. We had the, it's the time as well. We had the time this year and we coordinated and we went as a family and it was so nice. I made a TikTok video. Um, If you want to check that out, it's on at Tina Cosnick on TikTok and I made it like with music and it was so, oh my God, I could cry thinking about it. It was so wonderful. It, It was just so wonderful. All of these people celebrating themselves and it's like, It's just nice to be in a group. It's like church, right? It's like a concert. You're all there to celebrate a similar thing that you enjoy. And it's all good vibes, like going to a Taylor Swift concert or something. Like you all love Taylor. You all know the songs and you're all singing together and you're all smiling and laughing. It's contagious. It's infectious. It's intoxicating. So being in the pride parade, that's what that felt like. It felt intoxicating with with all of these different people, like screaming and singing and dancing and weed smoke and beautiful outfits and performances and just oh, it was it was amazing. And I would love to have a float next year for all our gaybies. That's gay babies, if you didn't know. For all the. Gays and they's and in betweens, wouldn't that be so fun if we had a fucking float, bitch? Oh my god! Oh, the big centipede! That would be so fun. But anywho, it was just it was just amazing to be with my family and be being a part of something that means a lot to people that we love. We have gay family members, and we we wanted to go with them and celebrate that moment with them and make them feel loved and accepted and they've always been by the way (laughs) when they came out we were like okay (laughs) all right do you want a fucking cookie like it's not a big deal to us but to the outside world they're not at i mean they are accepted and they're not it's like so such a weird time in the world but anyway it was beautiful to be there and anytime i do something like that it feels so special and I feel like people are missing missing that. And some of you might be listening and being like, bitch, I do that shit all the time. Well, I know a lot of people who don't, okay? And coincidentally, those people who don't are also battling depression. So <laughs> I think that kindness and community is probably the cure for that. And I know there's so many other cures and chemical imbalances and so many different reasons, but I am so... Fucking die hard on that community is what we're missing and what, and it's a big issue. I'm very against hyper independence. This is like a new revelation I've had over the past year because, you know, I'll be 32 soon. My birthday's coming up and our one year anniversary is coming up. You better fucking send me gifts. Okay. It's our one year anniversary. I want flowers. I want chocolates. I want gifts. I want diamonds. I want ponies. I want an orchestra. I want a chorus in the back. Okay. I want songs. I want um I want Beyonce to perform for me. So get to it. Okay, you got you have time to get me to get all my gifts together. Um, okay, wait, what was I saying? Wait, what did she send me? Oh my god, one of my coworkers sent me a TikTok. Why did she find me? Oh my god, but how nice she sent me a TikTok. Are we friends? See what I mean? I'm so excited. Okay, wait, back to what I was saying. I'm very against hyper-independence. I think that it's just a trauma response. I don't think we're meant to be doing stuff alone. I don't. I'll die on this fucking hill. I don't think that it's helpful to anyone. I think that it's helpful when you are in survival mode and when you've been through so much trauma. But ultimately, it's very fucking lonely. And it doesn't get better. It stays lonely. And that whole phrase of like, it's only at the top because because it's hyper-independence because you probably isolated to get there. And when people are like, money is not buy happiness, probably because you're hyper-independent. Because let me tell you something, money makes me real fucking happy. You know why? Because I can do stuff with people who I love. I can contribute and I can help someone. If I had more money, do you know how many people I can help? You can help people with money. It's hyper-independence that is so gut-wrenching and it is think about it think about all there's times where you need to decompress and do some things alone but all of the things is like I just don't believe in it I think a lot of people would be so much more fulfilled and so much happier if they had family or community or friendships that they love and trusted to do things with with common interests right like if you had a community or a family where you trust everyone in that family and everyone in that family wants good for you so they help you and you help them and you all grow together and you support each other and you have clapping hands at every graduation life feels so good like that when you have someone to go to the supermarket with and you're and you're picking out groceries together watching your favorite show together going for a walk after dinner even working with people. I don't believe that, oh, don't work with your friends. Don't I don't believe that anymore. I don't. I think that in toxic families, that could be so harmful. But I think ultimately that's, that's what we should be doing. It is. I think keeping people close and building up bonds is dwindling And I think it's falling apart. I think there's more toxic families now than ever. And people are lonely. They're lonely and they're scared. They're scared to ask for help. Because so much in this society is pushed on hyper-independence. And I just, I don't believe in it. I want everyone around me. I do. I want everyone around me. And the closer, the better. And if I have good, I want to share that good. And if I have space, I want to give you that space. And if I have time, I want to give that time. I don't need to spend any more time alone. That commute, going into, just going back to that, going into the city by myself, being at a job where I feel alone because no one even knows who I am, I don't fucking want that shit anymore. And everyone else who I talk to and I lend an ear to and I, and I try to be present in their life who is battling depression and crippling anxiety... The common symptom is loneliness. They're fucking lonely. No wonder. Because they have to travel into work by themselves. They go to work with people that don't really know them because they're at work. Same thing back home. By the time they're home, they're so exhausted and their partner is exhausted and they don't have that embrace. And then on the weekends, they just have to catch up with errands. It's just like, I think having community and being a part of something can do so much good and that's what I plan on doing. So that's why I missed. <laughs> that's why I missed two weeks. All that to say, that's why I missed two weeks. But I love you guys so much. I'm going to keep you updated. I'll post on Instagram about, oh my God, he's home. I could literally hear his fucking car from in here. <laughs> the hum of the engine. Okay, guys, I love you. Stay well. I'll keep you updated. I'm not going anywhere and I love you so much. Don't forget my birthday. <laughs>